Good evening. We're going to move tonight. We've got guests from all over the place. You know, Diddy's been handing out invitations in Savannah here, and there's guests from every walk of life in Savannah that Diddy's run into in the last couple of days. So we've got them from the post office to the banks to wherever. If you're a guest, you're an honored guest. And if you stay long enough after service, we'll take you to Africa with us. <laughs> and you know, I use a little levity. Uh, I want to welcome the Baker family. Uh, Mandy and his lovely wife are down f up from Alabama, I guess you would say. And the Cox family are in from Walnut Grove. I want to say Oak Grove for some reason. I don't know why. They went to Nigeria with us. Raymond's from Uganda. Uh, Brother Greg from all the way on the other side of Savannah. And we have the Morris family from up north somewhere. They come in with their girls. Where's Chuck? Where are you at? There you are. Okay. He gets better looking every time I see him, that guy. Pretty girls. You're not going to believe half of what you see because I don't sometimes. Uh, life is anniversaries now, it seems like. We, Didi and I went through our 50th anniversary this year. We went through our 25th anniversary in Joss at the school this year. and Our 30th anniversary next year in Nigeria. And it seems like anniversaries are just part of our life. But Nigeria has been a part of our life for 30 years next year. And I want to show you some of the things that this church, this congregation, our mission committee, and our elders that made decisions that have literally changed the world uh, and are, are changing the world every day of our lives. Joss is, of course, in Nigeria, and I'm going to get my technology together here, and I'm going to turn this on. Am I on? Not that. Okay, Eddie. Please. I don't know about this one. What do you think? Niger is not, uh, north of us. The country of Niger is north of Nigeria. Seven years ago when we started, there were no churches there. We're going to go there tonight. We're going to go to the country of Chad tonight, uh, where 13 years ago there were no churches in Chad. Uh, in March of this year, I, I went to Chad with the preacher from Petersburg, Petersville, uh, Alabama, down, or Petersville Church of Christ in Florence, Alabama, his first time to Africa. We went over to the southern rainforest of Chad for two weeks. When we got there, we found a bunch of kids. I mean, kids all over the place. We, we came to uh, dedicate the first church building in that whole country of the Churches of Christ. And uh, the governor from the, the district showed up. Hundreds and hundreds of people showed up and we had a big ceremony and the church gathered and we uh, dedicated that church building. We've since put the, the concrete floor in it and uh, plastered the mud walls and uh, it's growing leaps and bounds. There's the comparable to our governor of the state of Tennessee coming, uh, Pierre Ramobi, and we have five uh, graduates from our school uh, in Jaws in the country of Chad. It's a French-speaking country. Uh, there's no running water where we went. There's no electricity where we went. And, uh, it was uh, two weeks of uh, country living. We now have 35 preachers in, in that country. We uh, had a one-week preacher training courses and uh, uh, national preachers workshop. These men are scattered all over the rainforest of southern Chad and uh, it was just a reunion that defies the imagination. Uh, it was an education for the uh, preacher from Petersville too. 
We've got 600 kids there. What happened was two of our preachers uh, graduated from school in Joss and went home uh, down into the villages and started uh, teaching kids. Well, the kids started coming in droves. I mean, 600 of them showed up finally. In that 600, we found 67 orphans. We'd feed them one meal a day out of a common pot and they ate with their hands and, uh, and the kids would hide out in the, in the school. Uh, so they could learn to speak uh, English and also to uh, read and write and also for that meal. Well, those 67 kids constitute an orphan, orphanage, so we built a building, that white building in there, and that's what we house 67 kids in right now. It's a, a unique situation. The classrooms uh, defy the imagination. They're made out of straw, and that's about it, straw and wood. Uh, we got 100 children per classroom, six classrooms, so uh, we decided to, uh, you can see, they, they teach French, and uh, it's kind of like our school. My daughters go, granddaughters go to North, to, and they're the same as my granddaughters. They're kids. They want to know. They want to learn. They want to be able to read. They want to be able to write their name. But these kids don't have anything. I mean, nothing. Literally. And uh, our preachers just keep teaching them uh, the gospel and teaching them English. And we're starting to build classrooms. We're going to build six classrooms that will house 100 students per classroom. And uh, or six buildings, two classrooms each, 50 students per classroom. And we'll have a school in Chad, uh, the only school in 50-mile radius of that, that part of the country. And that's the only place they'll get an education. It's... Uh, it's neat. We built a clinic. We've got a medical clinic there. Uh, and we're building a building right next to it. This is yours. This is yours. This is part of you. This is part of what you've done. Not me. We. We're family here in Savannah. You mentioned the Savannah Church of Christ in the southern rainforests of Chad. And they say, we love you dearly. God bless you. Please help us. And we do. We help them. The country of Joss. Uh, I came back after that trip and stayed a couple weeks and then I took off back to Nigeria and uh, prepared to uh, for the graduation at the School of Biblical Studies Joss. Of course Islam is what we're dealing with all over the world. We've been dealing with Islam in Nigeria for 30 years. Uh, we know them. We know how to convert them. We do convert them by the hundreds. One of our staff members uh, has a PhD in Bible. He's been here at Freed Hartman. He sat in this, in these pews while he was going to Freed Hartman. He got his PhD and now he's on our staff in Jaws. Uh, he's a converted Muslim. Uh, people don't want to know the gospel. People can be converted. But if you look at the influence of Islam in the world and you look at all the border lines, wherever they meet the other people, there's crisis. There's wars going on. In northern Nigeria, we have the same thing. Uh, we're located in Jos, the centrally part, central part, graphic center of, of the country. Uh, about 10 years ago, the troops moved in and the Boko Harim come in and started up. They control about the top uh, one-eighth of our country uh, in Nigeria. We have hundreds of churches in that part of the, the country. Of the 200 girls that were kidnapped, that was a Christian school, by the way. But the girls were kidnapped, the 200 girls were kidnapped by the Boko Harim in April. Fourteen of those girls were members of the church's families. That's fact. That's reality. 
you can imagine what those parents are going through uh, because they can't go back to the villages now they're living in the bush and of course they can't find anything to eat because of their crops they can't raise their crops because the terrorists come in and burn down their their houses uh, right now two night two mornings ago I got a call from Newman which is right on the border of the the red zone there and the preacher was saying, the refugees from the churches of Christ north of me are coming into town. They're staying in my house and I don't have any food for them. I told them to contact the churches in Nigeria and send me a report and pictures. And we start contacting churches in, in America and, and uh, other organizations in America to help them get the food they need. But it's a war. We're in a war. We're not only in a physical war, but we're in a spiritual war. And we've got the power. The power is truth. The power is freedom. The power is the gospel. The sword of God is what we have. God's own sword is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can wield that sword with preachers, primarily going into every part of Nigeria, every part of the world. Uh, and we started a school of biblical studies, Joss, 25 years ago this year. Two guys, myself and Solomon Agu, decided we would pray to God and try to start a school. Well, we started a school with the Lord's help and a bunch of elders down in the Central Church of Christ in Gadsden, Alabama. And we started a school and we thought, well, we'll just build us a school. And we did. We built a classroom block building. We started out with 15 students. And today we have 111 students. We have 20 of them that are women that want to teach the Bible and want to teach children's classes. They want to teach ladies to teach the, the, the ladies. Uh, about eight, nine years ago, Didi started going with me back again after we moved back to the States. Uh, she started going back with me and started teaching the ladies. The ladies started teaching the children. All of a sudden, the world came apart for, for the preachers because before that, we were looking for land we were trying to build buildings for congregations. And then Didi come over there and said, fine, now we need the ladies to teach the ladies and the children to be taught. So now we're having to put in classrooms, VBSs, and ladies classes, and the whole gamut of the Christian family. And it's exploding, it's, it's wonderful. You know, when you want something done, you get two women together, <laughs> uh, they tell those guys what to do. We're in charge now. The guys are in charge. But Didi wants something. Let me know. She lets me know and we get it done. All right. It's the same in Nigeria. It's the same all over the world. And the students are just wonderful. They're there's four-year school, we have a two-year course, a three-year course, a four-year course, diploma course, and then we have a four-year degree course. Uh, and to get a four-year degree, you have to take two years of Greek, two years of Hebrew. Every teacher, every student, every weekend is in the village. They do evangelism every weekend, without exception. That's been going on for 25 years. And it will not cease, Lord willing, until we all die or the Lord comes back again. We not only raise pulpit preachers, we raise evangelists that can go out into the villages and talk to the people. Because, you know, I can go into a village. I go once a year, I go into where they were leaves. And I can sit with a man and talk to him in his own language. And he has the same problems as I do. He's never seen a car. He's never seen running water. He's never seen 
radio, he's never seen electricity, he wears leaves, literally, in all of his family. And we have the same problems. The same problems. Who am I? How am I going to find a wife? How am I going to get my kids educated? Why am I here? Where am I going? What does God want of me? And those are the answers. Those are the questions that we all have. And we have the answers. Every one of those answers. And we give them those answers. And the world goes on. And we keep growing. So I went back over. We started uh, working with the church there. And then I welcomed this group. This was our first group that was family-orientated. Really, I mean, really family. We've had a lot of people in, in Nigeria. At one time, I took uh, 12 preachers for two weeks, and we baptized 800 people in Nigeria. That's how receptive the gospel is. But we have two school buses in Joss that you helped us get over there, helped us buy and get over there. And we, I took it down to the, country, uh, to the uh, airport in Abuja, and this group arrived. From your left is my driver uh, for the school, Brother Adam Cox, his wife Rebecca. Then you have Dee Dee, uh, Greg and Sheila Hamlin from this congregation, and Randy Baker all the way on your far right. On the left is, uh, down front is Lola and uh, Dylan, Keegan, and Bella. And we had a great time. State of month, okay? They came back up to Joss. We all moved into the same house. We've had plenty of people in this house. This is our guest house on the, on the campus of the University or the School of Biblical Studies. We all lived in that house for a whole month. And it was interesting. A lot of room, a lot of fellowship, a lot of meetings, a lot of people coming to see the white folk. Uh, if you touch a white person in Nigeria, it's good luck. Uh, the first time we've had our granddaughters over and children over, so they had a uh, had a pool. Two of the girls the, uh, that had graduated took up the job of nanny and our two gra our children. They take care of our children for us, and I'll show you that. But these are Solomon Agu on the left, and of course this is our house, the front room. We told uh, the school we were coming. And uh, they set up our gardens, started uh, the garden program. We have a two-year ag course in SBS where we teach people how to grow their own food. A student can grow four crops a year instead of one under this drip irrigation farming. So we had corn on the cob. We had green beans. We had tomatoes. We had three women all cooking. I gained 105 pounds. And we ate like kings. It was a great, great, uh, great time. It was really uh, a lot of time. The kids learned a lot of things. The kids learned that uh, a couple nights out of the year, the termites come out by the millions, by the millions, and they seek light, and you can grab them and pull the four transparent two-inch wings off of them and eat them raw. Or you can cook them on, on a plate, a uh, metal plate, and they'll make their own oil, and they're 100% protein. They're delicious. They won't bite you at all. It's the only place, I tell them, whenever we're in a building with no screens in the church building at night, and, uh, and we have the lights on, and you're preaching and preaching and preaching into the night that you can literally eat and preach at the same time. <laughs> they're so dense, you can reach out and grab five in the air. But I don't eat them. Uh, raw. Even cooked. They had to get used to, the, the girls wanted to cornrow the hair, 
of the of the our, our nannies. They wanted to cornrow the girls' hair. Did a good job on that with Lola and uh, Keegan. Of course, they learned how to dress like Nigerians. They're dressed tonight like Nigerians. Uh, they learned that. Uh, to meet our friends, this is our Muslim friends that Ali and Iman, Shami, she's Shiite Muslim and he's a Sunni Muslim. They've been our neighbors for 30 years. Their sons call me uncle. They're good people. We, st we went to their house and had dinner, but they're uh, on their way to Christianity, we hope. They learned how to, the Nigerians carry their children on their backs, very comfortable. And they learned that things play in the yard that are not rabbits. Uh, everything's a little bit different over there. It's just, uh, but it's fun. And uh, there's something for the church. You know, in Nigeria, you know, the, uh, one of the denominations in America, to one of the denominations in America, we're known as the people with the clock in the building. Uh, that's historic, history. That's tradition. That's what we're known as. I mean, that's the way it is. We have our Church of Christ clock in the back. In Nigeria, they've went one step further than we do here in America. They put up three lights for the preacher. When the green light is on, it's go. When the white light is on, it says you got five minutes. When the red light comes on, finito. We contacted Savannah Electric, Wes. Big lights, we're putting big lights up Sunday. <laughs> and they hold to this, they really hold to this. Big congregations really hold to this. It's really something to see. Of course, our graduation, we, went, we were at our graduation, for our graduation, this is our staff. We've got a 13-member staff now. All of them have master's degrees or above, eight different tribes. All of them speak two to three different languages, and they're a piece of work because they're, they love each other and they work well together. They've worked well together uh, for the last 25 years, most of them. And they keep growing. You've met three or four or five of them set in this congregation. The Muslim, Brother Inyamo, uh, still tells the story. He's the bald-headed guy that looks like me. They say he's the black Brother Whirly. Uh, I'm a lot better looking, really, but that's what they say. They, he describes when I, caught, I brought him to Savannah for the first time, he said, Brother Whirly uh, took me into that that building and there were big chandeliers in that building that were like Jerusalem and he says and he wouldn't let me sit in the back he marched me right down the middle of the island all of these hundreds of white people are all looking at me and he made me sit in front of all of them but he's a great man and he withstood all of that and they're good people of course uh, Solomon and Rachel you've met them before our graduates, we have graduated about 20 to 25 every year. They go all over the world. We uh, have campaigns. The week before, we went on campaign to uh, uh, Abuja. And then we went, uh, we baptized 15 at Abuja. They, they took off. Tom took our students out for a week. And the second group went to uh, Lagos, which was two days south on the bus and baptized 18 people in a week. And then they took a two-day journey back uh, because we teach them evangelism. And when they went to Lagos, they went into Muslim neighborhoods. Did a good job, too. Uh, this is our lectureship. It's our annual lectureship. We have, a, have that every year after our uh, graduation ceremonies. The next day is Sunday. Uh, everybody, all the, our guests speak at the different churches in town. And 
14 congregations in Joss now, and then we have our four-day lectureship that our Americans speak at. Uh, we have our 25th anniversary this year, where the school is 25 years old. Of course, it's fully licensed with the federal government of Nigeria. It's, a federal, it's, a, it's an institution that is well-recognized. It's the premier language, Bible language school of northern Nigeria. That's our reputation. Our graduates are sought by the 5,000 churches of Christ in Nigeria, by every church. They all want our graduates. Our graduates don't get support. They don't need support from America. The churches grab them up on their junior year, and then when they finish up, they're, they're educated. They get their degrees, and they go to work in the churches in the South right away, or they'll go into the mission field. Uh, we have one graduate that's in Uganda. It's been in Uganda for eight years, supported by a church in Lagos uh, for the last eight years. They've never received any support from America. He has, a, he has a wife and four children. He's been in Uganda for eight years from Nigeria. Our graduates are scattered all over the, the, the continent of Africa, into Australia, up into Bangladesh, and all over the world, literally. Uh, not in America yet so far, but they're there. You know, three, two years ago, we started the Raymond Bush uh, Evangelism Center and on the campus at Joss. We have five... We have 257 students right now on the courses. We have, we've had 35 baptisms. We have one evangelist operating the center with two computers. He can, he can, he can grade 40 courses every day. And it's growing. And it continues to grow. We advertise in the paper. And uh, I think Adam's got a, Adam Cox is going to be looking at going on to the radio program on in, and television program in JAWS in the near future. But Raymond still influences people in the, the Raymond Bush Center that we started in Nigeria. So you have uh, people in this congregation that live on, live on through the work. Uh, of course, I work with about 20 northern evangelists that are scattered all over the north, that are uh, daily evangelists that, that are preaching in three or four different congregations that are spreading the word in the Muslim communities. Uh, it's an ongoing work, and uh, it's rewarding. A lot of the places in northern Nigeria where Islam is, the terrorists are operating now, uh, we, have, we have congregations, we have preachers that are preaching there. Of course, the... Uh, we're always going for land. This, that rock is as big as a bus or a good car. We dynamite it. Then we get uh, tires, put the tires underneath it, burn it, cook it, take a 12-pound sledge, knock it down to rocks. We get it down to gravel. Then we put it in our buildings that we built, and uh, then we make our garden plots. We have, a, we have a tractor that came from this congregation. We put it in a, in a steel container and we shipped it. Uh, Jonathan Blunt gave us that tractor. I taught in Nigeria, and I told you before, I've taught in Nigeria how to drive a, a stick shift tractor. Yeah, you talk about miracles? It's a miracle I'm even standing here. <laughs> Teaching him the clutch on the left foot is just unreal. But it was an experience, and now he can grade the land down. We till the land, and then we turn it into garden plots. Every student has to have a garden plot to feed himself. We don't do central feeding. They feed themselves. They have a little kitchen uh, out back of the dorm. 
Our dorm is stacked. I mean, literally stacked. We built it for 30 students. It now has, what, 85, I think, or 90 students in it. So uh, this is the, the plots of land that they I opened some of my, uh, at the guest house, uh, land that they raised beans and corn and the rest of it. Niger, the country of Niger is grow, growing. The, uh, it's the poorest country in Africa. We've sent a missionary to Niger last year from Nigeria that speaks French. He took his wife with him. His wife got sick, uh, had a miscarriage, and had to return back to Nigeria. Uh, we don't. She's having medical problems right now, so we're working with him. This is a young man that's a Muslim in in Niger. He was in high school. He was converted to Christ. His family threw him out of the house. Uh, he didn't have any place to live. He started living with one of our preachers there. And he didn't have any money, didn't have any clothes, any food. And so we bought him a donkey and a cart. That's what we did. Just bought him a donkey and a cart. He would go down to the river every day, two or three times a day, uh, after school and before school, uh, load the jugs up, take them to the village and sell the water. He worked his way through high school. He learned English. He was admitted to the uh, School of Biblical Studies, Joss. Uh, and now he's in his fourth year. He's writing his term papers now. Uh, he will graduate in May. And he'll be the most educated man in Bible in the whole country of Niger next June when he goes back home to spread the gospel among his people. When he goes home, his mother wanted to be baptized this time. And he started studying with her. Uh, of course, she's a Muslim. Uh, he will... They welcome him back in his house. His uncle welcomes him in his house right now because they love the guy. They respect him. They love him and he's family. And their religion is not as strong as the ones that are in Nigeria. So uh, he's not as frightened that they will kill him. But he doesn't eat with his family uh, because he's afraid they'll poison him. And that's the life they have to live. But he's a tower of strength. He's a good, good young man. Uh, he'll find a wife and he'll preach for the rest of his life in the country of Niger because of this congregation. Uh, it comes out of here. Of course, Uganda. Uganda's the pearl of Africa. We've got our first Ugandan in America sitting amongst us tonight. Uh, he left his wife and four children back in Kasisi. Uh, he called him, called and talked to her for the last two days. We met with him for a half hour today. Uh, learned that how many, uh, how he got his wife. He's uh, a lovely lady, let me tell you. She's worth every goat that he had to give for. Uh, what a bride price is. I want you to learn to talk to, uh, to Raymond while he's here. I want you to see Raymond as a man. Learn that he's what he is and how he met his wife and what's his favorite color and how he loves his children. and See him as a person. Get to know him as a person. And then when you go to see him in Kasisi 10, 20 years from now, you'll recognize him. And you'll think back on this night in this time where every person takes on a personality that you meet. Uh, we started a school in Uganda. Uh, Bernice Nance gave us the money to finish this dorm. We named the dorm after her and hung a plaque and built a sign and took on 14 students and we're teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to these students that will spread all over East Africa. This is over 3,000 miles across the continent. Uh, we've, we bring the Ugandans to Joss to give them an undergraduate degree and for the next couple years we're going to have to bring the, that teaching staff to Fried Harmon to get a master's degree. Uh, Fried Harmon has graciously given us... Uh, 
tuition free. This is our staff. These are all men and women. Both hold all hold uh, undergraduate degrees in Bible. When Raymond came to to America, Samson was a Ugandan student that had come to Joss. He finished last May. He went to Uganda to replace Raymond in the school. So, and then we still have some Ugandans in Joss training for future. Uh, teaching staff at Uganda. So what we're doing is we're linking the schools. We want to link the schools. We have teachers, uh, graduate students that are down in Zimbabwe and in, in uh, Mutare in northeastern Zimbabwe teaching in the school. And we want to upgrade the teaching staffs of the schools. And once you get the schools moving and you start turning out 20 or 30 preachers in every country every year, the church will grow. And the church will continue to grow. Of course, this is Raymond and his, his children. Uh, lovely wife. Uh, Raymond's not very good looking, but he's okay. I mean, he's really got a nice personality. <laughs> he's my friend. Uh, he's got a little house uh, two, two blocks from the campus. Uh, he's living alone. He's doing his master's degree. He's working. He won't take any breaks. He, the sooner he gets done with his master's degree, the sooner he goes home to his four children. Talk about incentive. That's incentive. Uh, this is our dorm, our new dorm. The elders at this congregation uh, met and looked at our proposal and said, listen, we'll give you 25,000 matching funds. Uh, with that $25,000 matching funds, we found $25,000 really quick. And they matched the 25,000 and we took the 50,000 and we started the dorm uh, in Jaws. Uh, it's going to be a major undertaking. Uh, we have to blow up all the rock. During the lectureship uh, this year, we had to blow up the rock. And I went around at the lectureship and I said, listen, don't be excited. Please don't be excited. Behind the library, we're going to be dynamiting some, uh, some rock for the foundation of our dorm. Well, at 3 o'clock, we blew up these rock and, and everybody was, uh, you know, remained calm. At 3.10, the Boko Harim of northern Nigeria put two bombs in the marketplace and in Joss, down in the marketplace, and blew up hundreds of people. And I told him, I said, that typifies Islam right now in this day and age. We blow up rock so we can teach the gospel. They blow up humans so they can promulgate their religion and proclaim their religion. We're at war, brother. That's the way it is. It's not a physical war per se, but it is a spiritual war. It's a different God. And, and I don't say this because they're evil. I say this because they're lost. They're not Christians. Anybody without Christ is lost. Jesus says, if you don't have me, you don't have God. It's that simple. Do we love them? Absolutely. Are they our friends? Absolutely. Do we want them to know God? Absolutely. But it's only through Christ that they can know God. And that's the beauty of the gospel. Nobody is exempt. Everybody can come to know the truth. This is uh, where we laid out the foundation and we had to drill the rock because it's, uh, it's hard to farm there. We had to drill the rock and put in uh, uh, pillars. And, and, that's it. That's all I get. I'm out of electricity. Nepo went off. 
in Nigeria, when Nepa goes off, you know, that's all you get. They, the lights are off, the green, red light went on. I always offer an invitation, of course, but I always end early. And I always have a time that you can ask me some questions because you are my family. Beyond description, 14 years or more, you have put up with me. You've been patient with me. You have loved me. You have helped me raise my family. You've helped Didi and I go to Nigeria. You see, and I try to let you see everything that we see over there. In some small way, I try to tell you and show you what you are doing. It's not me. It's not, it's us. We are a family. This is the Savannah Church of Christ. Ask anyone that comes with me and comes back. Have you heard of the Savannah Church of Christ while you were over there? They all have. Because that's who you are. Have any questions for me? Ain't no dumb questions. Boy, you ought to have heard the questions they were asking Raymond out there. What, six goats? Six goats for his wife. Plus all the other stuff. You know, in Nigeria and in African countries, they have a bride price. So, uh, I'll close with this one story. You know, they have a bride price, and, and it's expensive to marry in, in, in Africa. You just don't, you know, marry. You've got to give the parents, especially of the, the girl, a gift. And sometimes the gifts are very, very expensive. Well, when I go to Joss, and I, I, I'm with all the guys over there at the school, they always say, Brother Worley, could we meet with you for a, for a, a short time? And I say, okay. And so we go into a classroom, and they'll say, Brother Worley, please, now, don't get annoyed. Please, don't get annoyed. But we have a question for you. I say, okay, okay. What's your question? They'll say, now, don't get annoyed, Brother Werner. Please. I say, what's your question? They say, is it true that in America, the women are free? <laughs> I say, are you asking me that in my country, if the women are free, you don't have to pay anything for them? And boy, they, they just shrink almost. They say, yes, Brother Werner, yes. I say, well, the answer to that, if in America the women are free, brother, you don't have to pay anything. All you do is go out and say, I'll take that one. <laughs> and boy, they just, <laughs> they just melt. Their mouth falls open. They say, oh, bro, early. America must be heaven. <laughs> and that's the culture. That's the difference in our cultures. Do I defend America? Absolutely not. I don't need to. We are what we are. The greatest, greatest country in the history of mankind. And God has blessed us to be born into this country, into this culture, into the American culture. Do we have problems? Absolutely. But we are the greatest society in the history of mankind. We have everything imaginable. A Nigerian came to America and he told me in a truck in Alabama, said, this is heaven. He says, you people have everything. There is nothing you don't have. You have more clothes than you can wear. You have water in every house. You have electricity around the clock. There is nothing we don't have. I tell you that not to make you feel guilty. I tell you that to help you feel blessed. Because we are. Brother, God's given it all to us. All to us. Everything. Nothing do we lack. And he says... Love me and enjoy it. Love me and enjoy it. Have a good time. 
And that's what we do, a lot of us. That's what we're doing in this congregation. These elders here give of their means. You give of your means. They give of their means. And we get great works going on. We send our kids overseas. We send our families overseas. Eighteen members of this congregation have been in Nigeria. In Jaws. Eighteen. Now, do I make it twenty? It's open. Because the beauty is we have Christ Jesus living within us. We are gifted with the Holy Spirit. We are the chosen ones of God to proclaim this good life, to proclaim this good news to other people. And that's what we do. And that's what we're concerned about. Is everybody being in Christ, a new creature, recreated by God, added to his church, and added to the kingdom, and living the Christian life. And that's all you have to do is believe and repent and confess. Submit your body to be buried in the likeness of his death in that watery grave of baptism where God, with all of his power, is able to recreate you and raise you a new creature, a new person, sin-free, where he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit, he adds you to his church, and you are a child of his for eternity. He will never leave you or forsake you for the rest of your natural born life. That's the beauty we bring. If you're subject to that gospel invitation, you need to come. We'll baptize you into Christ on your confession of faith. You will die tonight. You'll be crucified with Christ in that watery grave. And you'll come up out of that watery grave a new creature created by God. If you're subject to the gospel invitation, won't you come while we stand and sing, please?